Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's go. All right, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Excited to be back with you. We've been doing so much work on the 2021 NBA Draft. I want to do a little preview of the 2022 NBA Draft for my listeners today. We're going to be diving into this really over the next couple of months and and really trying to get a handle on this draft class right now. And I actually want to start with something that I found actually kind of surprising in talking to NBA teams who have been thinking about this draft already and scouts. This this draft is going to be one of the more challenging ones to project early in the draft. Because of COVID restrictions, the ability for NBA scouts to get to high school games, um, the cancellation of many of the tournaments that, that high school players play in, what have you, means that I've had a number of scouts tell me that they have the least grasp on this freshman class of incoming players of any draft that they've ever had uh, before. And that that led to sort of an interesting conundrum as I was trying to put together an early ranking of the top prospects in this draft. The unfamiliarity both with the, the young freshman class as well as some of the young international class, again, for the same reason, had a lot of scouts just essentially saying to me, look, uh, I, I'm not really comfortable putting a ranking together yet. I can kind of group these players into groups right now, but until we really get to scout them, get to go to college uh, basketball practices, uh, being able to watch them and practice in the G League, uh, being able to go overseas and really scout them this year, the handle on these prospects and like who's better than who is really hard to get get your arms around. And I think some of that too is because these are huge developmental years for these players. And so the fact that you haven't seen them in a lot of competitive settings, you know, maybe over the last 18 months or what have you, uh, just led to a lot of scouts to say, look, you know, we're, we're sort of flying blind here. Now, if we have a regular college basketball season, and it looks like we will in a regular international season, I don't think that we're going to have that same feeling as we get closer to the actual draft. But as of right now, that's how people felt. And and, and because of that, you're kind of seeing a lot of variability in who's going to be you know, at the top of this draft, who are lottery picks, what have you. There is more familiar, familiarity with the returning college basketball players. But interestingly enough, because this returning college basketball class was really strip-mined in the 2021 NBA draft, there wasn't really anyone other than, you know, Jaden Ivey and Benedict Mathurin who looked like they would have been potential first round picks last year in the 2021 NBA draft that returned for the 2022 season. And so, you know, just some surprises along the way that Joshua Primos and JT Thors, who decided to stay in this draft, uh, even though I think scouts were predicting that they would be in next year's draft or the 2022 NBA draft has thrown things off a little bit. So I want to talk about, uh, I, I just wrote about this at nbabigboard.com and want to talk about a few trends uh, that I'm seeing and and where it's looking to me uh, like we're going to see some of the strengths in this class. We're going to see some of the weaknesses uh, in, this, in this class. If you want to get the full uh, draft preview, uh, for the 2022 NBA draft, have, head over to my website, uh, nbabigboard.com. Uh, it's a Substack newsletter subscription service 
that I think that you'll really enjoy. We're going to be doing tons of stuff this year with the 2022 NBA draft, as well as looking at uh, the 2021 NBA draft that went through rookie watches, the 2020 NBA draft, looking at sophomore watches. I'm going to do some summer league stuff, going to do some major rankings that get the 2023 NBA class involved, the 2022 NBA class, the 2021 NBA class, and try to see how all these prospects stack up over time. We're also going to be doing a tank watch where we're going to be watching which teams are angling themselves into position to be, you know, perhaps the the number one pick in the 2021 uh, NBA draft. So I want to go ahead and, and start and start with the freshman class because the freshman class is obviously where we typically see, you know, most of the prospects drafted this year are the freshman class was a little bit different in that we only saw seven freshmen, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, uh, Jalen Suggs, Zaire Williams, uh, Joshua Primo, and Moses Moody, with Primo being actually, I think, a pretty big surprise that he was in that group uh, going in the lottery. Freshmen were the four of the five top picks in the draft, however, and this year we're projecting eight and maybe nine of those players being lottery picks this year. Uh, Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren, Duke's Apollo Banchero, uh, Michigan's Caleb Houston, uh, Duke's Adrian Griffin Jr., uh, Milwaukee's Patrick Baldwin Jr., UCLA's Peyton Watson, Auburn's Jabari Smith Jr., and Florida State's Matthew Cleveland all right now are getting projected as potential lottery picks. Obviously, some of those names you're probably really familiar with, like Chet Holmgren and Paolo Banchero. Uh, those guys are heavily in the mix uh, for the number one pick uh, in the draft. It will become nine if Jalen Duran uh, reclassifies. He's planning to do this. Uh, we're recording here on a Thursday afternoon. Actually, on Friday, he is scheduled to announce where he will be playing next uh, this season. It could be Memphis, Kentucky, or Miami. I think those are the three major choices for college basketball for him to play. Uh, he's also looking at the G League and also Australia's NBL. And so lots of different options for him. And depending on where he goes, he could end up being that ninth college player or maybe a G League player um, or what have you. And so that's the that's the main group right now that we're looking at. And a couple of interesting things to say about this group. It's it's heavy on, at the top, big men, which is uh, with Durin, uh, Holmgren, and Benchero all being you know potential number one picks in the draft, which is really odd because this year in the draft, the majority of players that were taken in the lottery, uh, like nine of them were wings. And there was only one big man that was drafted in the lottery, that's Evan Mobley, and only three overall that were drafted in the first round. So the NBA clearly has trended away from bigs, but this particular class that's coming in has a lot of talented bigs. How that all plays out, I think, was one of the major questions that scouts um, had as well. Uh, with NBA teams preferring wings and scoring guards and ball handlers in the draft, Will some of these guys that have historically been rated as the top players in their in their high school class actually sink in this draft a little bit just because they don't have that desirability uh, playing the position that NBA teams like really want them to play? And I think one of the we saw that this year a bit with Evan Mobley, who I think arguably again it's arguably had the best season of the college freshmen that came out, but went third in the draft because, again, he played a position that was just less coveted than Cade Cunningham 
or Jalen Green right now. And so those are going to be the the names I think that you're going to hear the the most. And then, you know, if you're thinking about wings, it doesn't really start until Michigan's Caleb Houston, uh, Duke's Adrian Griffin, uh, Milwaukee's Patrick Baldwin, and UCLA's Peyton Watson, Florida State's Matthew Cleveland. Those are going to be the wing group. They all sort of set a little bit below uh, the Holmgren's, Bencheros, and Durans of the world. Uh, but again, that desirability of their position could end up uh, making them go up uh, in the draft. There's going to be obviously more freshmen that you know we're going to keep an eye on. Kentucky has a couple of really good freshmen and Damian Collins and, and Ty Ty Washington. Tennessee's got Kennedy Chandler and uh, Brandon uh, Huntley Hatfield. Uh, Baylor's got Kendall Brown. Alabama's got J.D. Davidson. Uh, Gonzaga's got Nolan Hickam and Hunter Salas. So that, you know Gonzaga could be just loaded with with the uh, first round picks this year. Um, <clears throat> Michigan's uh, Musa Dibate and Michigan State's Matt Christie, all potential first rounders. And, you know, there could be some shifting, you know, of which these guys are lottery picks, which these guys are first round. Obviously, like I said before, teams are, don't strongly have enough handle on this yet to totally make that distinction. I tried to kind of break them into likely lottery, likely first round picks. But again, someone like, especially someone like Kentucky's Damian Collins, for example, who is like a Greg Brown-esque, like incredible athlete, could bounce if he has a much better season than, than Greg Brown did at Texas, or could tank a bit if he has a season that sort of looks like um, Greg Brown at Texas. But really strong freshman class uh you know again i think that we could see uh anywhere from you know 15 to to 18 you know freshmen drafted uh, in the first round this year you know interestingly enough last thing i'll say about you know this particular um college freshman class is that i don't think that there's anyone right now that nba scouts are comfortable slapping a tier one uh, a scouting grade on right now that they may get there by the end of the season. Holmgren, Benchero, uh, Jalen Duran all could get there. But right now at the start of the season, scouts are uncomfortable slapping that grade on them where they were comfortable last year um, with Cade Cunningham projecting him early as a tier one, uh, Jalen Green early as a tier one, Evan Mobley early as a tier one. This year, they're a little bit more hesitant uh, to make that. And again, you know, we'll see how that plays out as we get throughout the season. But something, you know, to watch, because if that's the case, if there's no tier one guys in this draft, this could be a big tier two group, which is still a strong draft, but a little bit more disappointing than what we're, uh, we're, we're certainly used to this year, where there was three players that got tier one grades and another three players that got tier two and frankly got some tier one votes. And so that's going to be really uh, interesting uh, to see what happens as well. Look, when we return, we'll talk about the G League Ignite. Uh, we'll talk about the international guys. We'll talk about the returning college basketball players. And we'll talk about where some teams are, are going to be drafting in this 2022 NBA draft preview. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to talk to you now about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible to fill your local chain 
auto parts store to stock all the parts you need? Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter searches on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouses happen to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts your chain store and car dealership have? They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And we're back talking 2022 NBA draft preview. We just kind of locked, talked about the freshmen. As many as nine of those freshmen could end up being uh, at the top uh, of this draft. And this year, we're seeing yet again freshmen deciding to not just take the college route. And this is this has been a trend the last couple of years. The G League Ignite really got started last year. Uh, players going to Australia, overseas uh, the year before. And now the creation of the Overtime Elite League as well, um, which is going uh, to be um, headed by former UConn coach Kevin Ollie, provide yet another avenue for actually even younger prospects to come in uh, and play. And this year, you know, last year we saw Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga uh, be drafted in the top seven. Jalen Green two, Kaminga seven. Isaiah Todd just missed uh, the mark, uh, going thirty-one. And then it didn't work out for everybody. Dacian Nix, a guy who was ranked as a potential top ten prospect and was a UCLA recruit before deciding to go to the G League, falls out of the draft completely, goes undrafted, and so it it's not for everybody. And, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, how do you know whether it, you, you tell a prospect it's the G League or college basketball? You know, my first thing I sort of think of as a college professor is, well, do you want to go to college? Uh, because if the answer is yes, it's a really sort of easy decision. Now, in the past, financial uh, circumstances may have made, you know, G League or MBDL or MBL more uh, palatable for people. But now that the NCAA is, is loosening restrictions and allowing people to um, profit from their own likeness, I think that those financial considerations are going to flatten and maybe in certain teams like, you know, Kentucky or, um, you know, Duke or what have you, they may actually be able to exceed what the G League or Overtime Elite or or the NBL in Australia can actually uh, pay. But with that said, you, you, you have a pretty strong incoming G League class. It's led uh, by Jaden Hardy, who is going to sort of play the role this year of Jalen Green, the 6'4", um, athletic uh, scoring guard who can really just light it up from everywhere. He is not the athlete that, that Jalen Green is. He's a good athlete. He's not a bad athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not the jump-out-of-your-gym, hyper-explosive athlete uh, that we saw in Jalen Green. And that's why Hardy, who I do believe could be in consideration for the number one pick this year, 
doesn't quite get the tier one grade that Jalen Green does. But if you're talking about a guy who can just really go out and score the basketball, can shoot the basketball, and maybe has a little bit more to his game as far as, 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 far as like a secondary ball handler, a little bit better defender, he's got a lot going for him. I think he's going to be the star on this G League Ignite team. Uh, G League Ignite team also recruited Dyson Daniels out of Australia to come in, uh, who is more of a 3 and D uh, type wing and certainly a guy that plays the position that everybody's after right now in the NBA. And so he is absolutely another potential guy um, that could end up being a lottery pick. I, I think he sort of sits kind of right on that bubble for a lot of teams and teams, again, just kind of want to see more of him uh, before they're sort of making that commitment. Um, Sterling Scoot Henderson uh, is going to be the point guard and, and one of the top point guard prospects coming again out of the out of the the high school class of, of 2021. And Michael Foster, a six nine power forward, is going to kind of play the role of Isaiah Todd here. And he's more looking like you know more of a right now like maybe a borderline first round second round guy uh, for teams. But again, like I said before, a lot of scouts kind of withholding judgment right now want to see these guys um, play in person. And and so there's, again, right now we're seeing four potential uh, prospects uh, that are uh, coming up. If Amoni Bates uh, decides that he's going to reclassify as well and chooses the G League, then, you know, it goes up to five. Uh, but that's that's a really strong group again. I don't know that it quite has the buzz of the Kaminga and Jalen Green group, but it's strong. And again, this could also be where Jalen Duran ends up deciding to play as well. And if that's the case, it gets even more exciting, I think, uh, for scouts to be able to go and watch a team that will at that point probably collectively have more NBA talent. Uh, than the team did last year. And also Overtime Elite, who's bringing in players as young as 16 and up to 18. So they've got a number of top prospects that they're working with and recruiting. But there's really one guy, uh, Gene Montero, um, out of the Dominican Republic, that scouts are particularly interested in. He can really score the basketball. He's sort of an electric athlete that just can get anywhere he wants on the floor. Needs to become a better shooter. Uh, but just a guy that is just a dominant uh, scorer again uh, that can play both backcourt positions probably more comfortable as a scorer than a passer right now but just one of in my opinion one of the funnest players to watch in this draft he's going to be the big time draw for this draft uh, for overtime elite though there are definitely a couple of prospects out there for 2023 and on that I think will going to be going to be really really interesting as well and so this alternative route could land four, five, six first rounders this year, uh, depending on, you know, how guys pan out uh, this year. And, and you know, again, uh, with Jalen Hardy and uh, uh, with, with Jaden Hardy and, and, and Jalen Duran, uh, you've got, if he goes the G League route, you've definitely got a couple of guys who could be in the mix um, for the number one pick uh, in the draft. This also is a pretty strong international class. Uh, last year, we saw one international player drafted in the lottery. That was Australia's Josh Giddy. went sixth to the Oklahoma City Thunder. A couple of more, Alpern and Sengun and Usman Garuba, went uh, outside the lottery. Sengun 16 uh, to the Houston Rockets. Uh, Garuba go, ends up going uh, 23 also to the Houston Rockets. Santi Aldama was a college player. He played at Loyola Marymount. Um, uh, Maryland, but did come internationally via Spain. 
so there, you know, this 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 class looks like that they may be able to beat uh, the class by having potentially three lottery picks that are international players, and they're led by the Congo's Yannick Noza, who is. 17 years old, already playing at a high level in Spain uh, right now, uh, long, athletic, already a a terrific uh, defender with a pterodactyl-like uh, wingspan who, again, sort of like Usman Gruba, is impressive in that he's playing significant minutes on a very significant league, and he's been doing so even at 16, he was one of the um, only 16-year-olds in the Spanish league ever to to score 10 points uh, in a in a game. The other two you may have heard of, Luka Doncic and Ricky Rubio, and so scouts are watching him really really closely because this is unusual uh, to see a player in the ACB at his age doing what he's doing. Uh, and, you know, Garuban's up sliding to 23, and so you could be some skepticism when both of them are sort of billed as elite defenders. I think the difference right now for um, Nosa is that he's longer, he's taller, uh, and I think he projects, projects more easily as a dominant defensive center. And if he gets it going offensively, uh, this guy has a shot, a very, very legitimate shot of being the number one pick in the draft. He's that well regarded by NBA scouts um, who just absolutely love him. We're going to dive into him more uh, in our next week's uh, podcast when we break down some of the guys that could be potential number one picks um, in the draft. But certainly a guy that uh, I think we're going to be watching extremely closely um, this year. Uh, Usmani Deng and Nikola Jovic. Uh, Deng out of France. Uh, Serbia uh, is where Jovic, uh, uh, Jovic is from. Are definitely guys to watch as well. And Deng, to me, who's going to leave France and go play for the New Zealand Breakers uh, in the Australian Basketball League, is one of the more unique prospects in this draft. He, to me is this biggest sleeper in this draft because he's essentially 6'9", but plays like a guard, um, draws some comparisons to a young Paul George, was actually playing over uh, in LA uh, this summer and heard from a number of folks that ended up going to those gyms, watching him play against some of the 2021 NBA draft prospects, including some NBA players, that everybody walked away extremely impressed with him and what he's got going on. You know, the, the New Zealand route is interesting. Uh, the positive of it is, I think he's going to get more playing time than maybe he would get in France right now. And, you know, that that you can showcase him there maybe in a way that's harder to do in France. Uh, the track record of, you know, folks coming over and playing in that league and doing well is, is, is spotty. And so he might end up being sort of like RJ Hampton, uh, at, as opposed to you know Josh Giddy or, or Lamella Ball, as far as sort of what he gets there, um, and I, I I just think that's a name that you should be marking down and watching like really closely. A, a number of scouts are extremely intrigued um, by him. He's got to get stronger, but again, if you're looking for wings uh, and big wings that are ath- athletic and can do a lot of different things. He fits this bill as much as sort of anybody else in this draft. He's just a qu- quite a bit away um, from sort of reaching his goal right now. So 
that's going to be a guy that I'm going to be watching closely. And then uh, obviously uh, Jovic, who's a classic small forward who just with a high, high basketball IQ. Uh, scouts are more split on him. Some people really, really like him, like, you know, top 10 easily. Uh, other teams had him more in the in the mid first round to, to late first round. So we're just going to, have to watch that one a little bit closer. Obviously, the sort of lack of elite athleticism uh, is the big question there. Uh, there's a number of other guys, uh, including uh, Rocco Perkison, um, Gui Santos, um, Ibu Baji, uh, uh, Gabriel Procida, uh, for example, uh, Carlos Allison, uh, Ariel Porti, who were all in last year's draft and and then decided to withdraw from the draft, and we'll come back and try it again here in 2022. Uh, Perkison out of uh, Croatia um, is certainly a guy that I think we'll be watching closely because some teams had a first-round grade on him last year. He was one of the youngest players in the draft, um, was, was playing well, uh, and if he comes back and really has a, a big year, um, he's definitely a guy who can end up moving himself into the first. Uh, Gui Santos is just another player that I'm going to be watching very, very closely as well. Some teams had him with a first-round grade last year before he uh, bailed on the draft. And Baji is just an, is a monster. Uh, he is one of the strongest, most, most athletic, um, explosive players that, that you're going to find just still figuring out how to play, still figuring out confidence levels, just raw as far as you know the basketball skills go but has all the physical tools to be a really really great NBA player as well um, there's going to be a bunch of other guys that we'll sort of mention and get through this and we'll we'll come back in a few weeks and do a more in-depth look at the international class this year but it's a it's a strong one at the top there's probably one to two other guys that end up cracking um, the first round and then you know a number of guys in the second round and you can read about all of that uh, over the next few weeks as you go over to nbabigboard.com. So look, when we come back, let's talk about returning college basketball players. They, these are usually guys that we would, you know, forefront uh, in t doing an NBA draft uh, preview. But this year in particular, uh, we've got to put them on the back burner just because, again, how strip mined uh, the, the college basketball were, ranks were because of the 2021 NBA draft. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. My personal favorite is coconut. It tastes like a Mounds bar. I just absolutely think it's delicious. These things are gooey. Um, they're sweet. Uh, they taste like candy bars, not like your tradi traditional protein bars, but they're actually healthy. They're good for you. They have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs. Order yours today. Get your raspberry, get your mint brownie, whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, well, we are back now talking about the returning college 
sophomore, junior, seniors. Uh, we've talked about the incoming freshmen. We've talked about G League. We've talked about the overtime elite. Uh, we've talked about the international class and some of the prospects that really excited there. And when you get to the college ranks, it's it's just it's going to be tough this year. Uh, so many college basketball players decided uh, to declare for the draft this year uh, that uh, it's it's left the the class fairly depe depleted. Uh, however, there are a couple of prospects that I want to talk about, starting with Purdue's Jaden Ivey, uh, who is a player who, of, of all the returning college basketball players, uh, has the best chance at the lottery, best chance at the top 10, a real chance at the top five, and maybe even an outside chance at the number one pick in the draft. There are teams that just really, really love him. Uh, watched him play for Team USA in the Under-19 World Cup recently, uh, where scouts were able to get a much better handle on him and just really came away extremely high on him. Virtually everyone felt that him and Chet Holmgren were the best draft prospects on this team. And people love Ivy for the defensive, the athleticism. You know, the jump shot is going to be the question mark for him. If the jump start starts falling with more regularity, he's got a real shot at number one. If he doesn't, he's going to slide a little bit further down the lottery just because it's going to get crowded um, there. And but the the defense, the athleticism, that way he approaches the game, everybody is very very high on Jaden Ivy. And then it kind of gets to a couple of guys. Uh, Benedict Mathurin out of uh, Arizona, who actually played for Team Canada in the Under-19 World Cup this year. Guy who, again, fits that 3 and D model, can really stroke the three, uh, good defensively, great athlete. Doesn't have a lot of in-between game right now, but really interesting. Colorado's Jabari Walker, who was one of those breakout stars in the NCAA tournament, uh, son of Samaki Walker, again, 6'9", athletic, can really stroke the basketball, has positional versatility as a defender right now, skinny, needs to improve his game, but certainly a guy that teams are going to be watching closely uh, this year at Colorado as he is an up-and-coming sophomore. Uh, Arizona State's Marcus Bagley decides to return to school. Um, the brother of Marvin Bagley and a guy who uh, has a ton of talent, kind of fought injuries, wasn't a great fit on that Arizona State club this year. I think if he comes back and has a big year, he gets in the mix as maybe a potential late lottery mid-first round pick. Auburn's Alan Flanagan, Iowa's Keegan Murray, uh, Keegan Murray as well. All guys who could potentially crack the lottery, but right now I sort of have them on the outside looking in, uh, just given the strength of the freshman class, the strength of the G League class, the strength of the international class, really only projecting one, maybe two college returning players cracking the lottery this year. Everybody else is going to have to fight to get in. I, I'm, I'm sure one or two will, uh, but it's it's going to be really crowded at the top. Other guys that you know we'll be watching closely, Terrence Shannon out of Texas Tech, uh, decided to return to school. We, we like him a lot. Uh, Johnny Juzang out of UCLA uh, also decided to return to school, had a great year, uh, especially towards the end of the season for UCLA. He's going to come back on an absolutely stacked UCLA team this year, a, a team that could repeat back into the Final Four this year, and uh, that could be a great platform for him. Uh, Baylor's Matthew Mayer, a guy who you know really took a back seat to Davian Mitchell, Masio Teague, uh, and 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 Jared Butler, now going to take center stage, I think, for this new Baylor uh, squad as well. And if he's as good 
in extended minutes as he was in limited minutes, he's certainly a guy that we're going to watch closely. Memphis has uh, Earl Timberlake, UCLA's uh, Jaime Yaquez Jr., Marshall's Tavian Kinsey, Florida State's Caleb Mills, uh, who's a transfer, uh, St. John's Julian Champagny, uh, Tennessee's uh, uh, Josiah Jordan-James, Duke's Mark Williams, Auburn's Walker Kessler, North Carolina's Caleb Love. Lots of these players could end up uh, be, hearing their name called in the first round or early second. So, you know, we'll be watching a number of them closely. And again, there's there's always guys that aren't on this list that that end up emerging uh, from the list. And, the, you know, that's part of the fun of it as well. And definitely some teams that we're going to be watching heavily. Duke looks like they're loaded with NBA prospects this year. Gonzaga, again, looks loaded uh, with NBA prospects this year. Auburn. Uh, looks like they're going to be loaded uh, with with NBA prospects as well as UCLA. Those are probably the four teams we're going to be watching most closely as far as being loaded with with NBA prospects. Always, you know, we'll always take a look at Kentucky um, as well, uh, and and there's some certainly some talent um, there that we're going to be watching. Well, that's a little preview of the 2022 NBA draft. What I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks is um, getting deeper breakdowns into sort of each of these class sizes. So after this, we're going to kind of look at the guys that are in the mix for the number one pick. That could be up to seven players. And just talking to NBA teams right now that they, they see as potential number one picks. There's some favorites for it. For sure, it's not like they're all co-equal. Uh, but again, NBA teams sort of reserving judgment and feeling like this is not like Cade Cunningham last year where there was just this early consensus guy that was hard to sort of break break past him. I think it's going to be more wide open this year and, and people are going to reserve their judgments until that we get you know, 10, 15 games into the college uh, basketball uh, season. So we're going to do that. We're going to do a deeper look at the top returning college uh, players, uh, the sophomores, juniors. We're going to do, do a deep dive into the, t- the top freshmen uh, that are coming in. We'll do a deep dive into G League over time night, deep dive into international prospects as well. All of this is way of previewing the 2022 NBA draft before uh, college basketball gets started in November. So expect to see all those columns come along. We're going to do some summer league stuff. We're going to do some rookie of the year projections. Uh, we're going to do some look backs at uh, some past drafts. Uh, there's just so much good stuff coming. We're also going to look ahead a bit to a 2023 draft where there's some really interesting prospects too and try to uh, rate uh, you know how all these prospects sort of fit together. Um, we're going to look at some assets that teams have uh, both in this year's draft, uh, which I think is really interesting. If you go over to nbabigboard.com right now, you'll see the 2022 draft pick inventory as part of our preview, and you can kind of see who has their picks this year. Um, there, a lot of them are conditional, so what are the sort of conditions on being able to get those right now? But you know, teams like the Thunder and Grizzly could end up with three picks in this draft. The Rockets could end up uh, with a couple. There's a few teams like the Nets, Lakers, and Clippers that are unlikely to have or that won't have their 2022 pick, and a few like the Suns and Jazz that are unlikely uh, to as well. We're just going to keep firing on all cylinders over at nbabigboard.com as well. You're going to see multiple columns a week coming out. I really appreciate you going over there and subscribing right now. You can get a free subscription, get access to some stuff, or for $5 a month, you can get access to everything, including our scouting reports, player cards, live Zooms. So many cool things happening over at nbabigboard.com. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.